Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. So cool. Uh, Well, hi, my name is Tyrus, if you don't already know me. Uh, I'm 16, I've just finished year 10 and I'm going into year 11, which is pretty cool. And I've been Oceans pretty much my whole life. I went to Tudor Street as a little toddler and now in this big, amazing church here, which is so cool. I serve on the production team at the back on sound, front of house, uh, lighting, cameras, media and all of that, which is also amazing. And I am up here on the worship team here on Sundays and also on Mondays for youth group. So uh, that's pretty cool. And today I'm preaching, which is (laughs) pretty cool. Would have never thought I'd be doing this. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I'm really representing all the, those young guys out there, and I just want to say, you know, it doesn't matter your, what your age is, you can really do this. Go for it. So, as you know, this year we are turning our news resolutions into a personal revolution. So, instead of focusing on the doing aspect of things, we'll be focusing on who God says we are. So, focusing on the who, not the do. Can we say who, not do? Yeah, good. Because once we realize who we are and understand who God's called us to be, the way we do things will start to change. So a little story to start off with is a few weeks ago, uh, well, a couple months ago, actually, just before school ended, I I signed up for a school-based traineeship through Bethel, and it was for an IT job. But anyway, I rocked up 10, 15 minutes early because I'm um, prompt and responsible. You know, I'm almost an adult. So we got there early. And anyway, five minutes went past, and I see this dude about my age in, you know, dressed up clothes with a tie, black shoes, and nerdy glasses on walk into the building. And because it's an IT job, I was like, you know, all I'm wearing is jeans like this. I don't really like wearing jeans, but they were black, and a black collared shirt, and some sports shoes on. So I was like, I hope I don't get kicked out of the building, because it was an uptight building. But anyway... (laughs) I walk in there, sit down, I get collected, and the guy walks out. So, you know what, he probably was uh, going to the same interview. But anyway, uh, he chats through uh, the job to me and whatnot, and I say, you know, uh, what's this job about? All the things you say in a job interview. And that was my first job interview, so I was sort of like, oh, what do I do? But anyway, the job interview's over. I walk outside, and I'm just standing there, and I go, wow. You know, am I the right guy? Seriously, I thought comparing myself to that dude, like he was an IT nerd and I was a cool like surfy dude. Not that he's not cool, but yeah, for an IT job and I'm sort of just there, the odd guy out. But anyway, I was thinking to myself, oh, am I the right guy? Like seriously, do I really fit in? Am I supposed to be here? Am I good enough? And you know, you know what? We can actually translate this into our walk with God. You know, I know I can, I can do this sometimes. You know, you think, am I spiritual enough? You know, am I meant to read the Bible? You know, I'm not like that person at church, the person with their hands up praising the Lord. You know, like the pastor, do I measure up? And you start to doubt yourself about who you are and who God's called you to be. But actually, God sees us differently. You know, even if we think, oh, I'm not good enough, God sees us differently. So the key verse we'll be looking at today is Ephesians 1 verse 4. And it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So this is amazing. This is what I want to show to you today. It's that God has given you the gift 
to be in a relationship with him. He has chosen us to be in Christ. And he has given us the opportunity to live holy for him, to be holy without fault in his eyes. So there are two things God is calling us to do in this passage. One, he has chosen us to be holy. And two, he has chosen us to live holy, to be holy and to live holy. So if you can guess, the title of my message today is Chosen to Be Holy. And there are two points that go along with that. Number one, you are holy in Christ. Now, we're not holy based on what we do, like reading the Bible, praying, singing really loud at church. Yes, those are all great things. But I am holy because of what Jesus has done for me. And you are holy because of what Jesus has done for you. You know, and the only thing separating us from being holy is sin. And Jesus, born in the flesh, lived a perfect life that we were not able to, to give us the opportunity to be holy. And not from our own doing. We can't do anything to be holy. We can't do anything out of uh, reading the Bible or anything like that. We can't earn it. It's a free gift God has given us. And all he wants is to be in a relationship with you. You know, like my dad, he's less worried about how perfect I am. He just wants to be in a relationship with me. And that's the same with God. So Colossians 1.22 says, This includes you who were once far away from God. You are his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. You know, this is amazing because if you've stuffed up, which we all have, you can always come back to him. No matter what you've done, no matter how long you've walked away from God, no matter how bad you stuffed up, you can always come back to him. And just, you know, just because I stuff up or I do the wrong thing doesn't mean we're not holy because we all stuff up. We know that. And you're not holy based on what you did or what you were doing. You're holy based on what Jesus did for you and for us. Jesus has chosen us to be holy, and you just have to receive it by faith and remember that this is what God is calling us to do, and this is the new identity Jesus has given you. Uh, Number two, to live holy in Christ. Now, the word holy means to be different, set apart from those who live for themselves and the things of this world. Now, that's a pretty big picture. Like, we can either go with all these people over here, do worldly things, buy worldly things, buying cars and spending money. Not that that's a bad thing, but we can't always follow the things of this world. We need to separate ourselves from that, separate ourselves from those who live for themselves and the things of this world, and stand over here and live for God. Now, a good verse that explains this is Romans 12, verse 2. And it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So don't conform to the things of this world. You know, set an example. Be different in the way you approach things, from the largest of things to the smallest of things. You know, a quick example is like, I don't swear in general, but especially I don't swear at school. In high school, I go to a Christian school. People still swear. But I've made the decision to go, no, I'm not going to swear. God says I shouldn't swear, and that's what I'm going to do. And that's me reflecting a light, a character, and the qualities of Jesus. And Jesus is the perfect role model. He is the only role model. You know, our Father is different, so why wouldn't we be otherwise? In other words, we have the perfect role model, Jesus, Again, who was on this earth, just look at the Gospels. You know, the way Jesus went out of his way to help the sick, the poor, you know, the broken. He had dinner with the broken, the sinful, the dirty. We should be doing that, and everyone thought that was wrong. 
But you know what? God is the perfect role model. He is the only role model. And it says in the Bible, well, it doesn't say in the Bible, but it never says that life would be easy, and it's not. You know, it's always hard. You know, New Year 2024, we never know what's happening. But we all have a part to play. You know, even if it doesn't make sense, sometimes you might think, oh, why am I doing this? This is stupid. You know, why should I do this? Why should I put the effort in? But actually, when we live for God, ultimately living holy, we are different with how we approach situations. And people people will start to notice a character that reflects the qualities of Jesus. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is for you. And God says, you are the right guy. You are seen. You are loved. You are the right girl. You know, I am a child of God, like that song we were singing. You are a child of God. God has chosen you. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, it doesn't matter what skills you have or your qualifications. And for me, this gives me huge confidence to know that I am chosen by God. Every time I step out of my comfort zone like today, like I was a bit nervous, but I was like, you know what? Oh, God has chosen me to do this. You know, and it's the same with the first time I played drums at school assembly. I was sitting there all alone the first time uh, performing on the drums and my leg was like on the hi-hat. I was so scared. But I trusted in God. He said, no, you're here. I've chosen you to do this. Same with youth group playing drums and church with all the adults. I was like, oh, I shouldn't be up here. You know, they're all older than me. I'm not good enough. But no, God chose me to do that. And the same with today, you know. I thought, oh, I'm not an adult, but that doesn't matter because God has chosen me. And he wants to continue to use me. The same with you. He wants to use you, and he wants to continue to use you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you did, he wants to use you. So God is our employer, and like an employer, they look for a person with skills and qualifications, but way before that, way, way before that, they look for the character and the heart of the person, which is where being holy and living holy made and right. Uh, sorry, where being, so which is being holy and living holy made right in Jesus comes into play. So likewise, God is our employer and he has chosen you for a specific job at a specific place at a, speci- at a specific time. And he is always in control. He has everything planned out for you. He has enough love for every 8 billion people on this earth. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. You know, you don't have to type in his number on your phone, wait for him to pick up. Oh, you're not picking up. Oh, sorry, I'll come back later. No, he's there. Even before you ask him, he is already there waiting for you. He's just like, yeah, Tyrus, what do you need? Yeah, Adam, whatever. And he is there with that person in India, and he's here with all of us at once. And you know what? Funny thing is, well, not really that funny, but it turns out I didn't get the IT job, and that's okay because God has a plan for me. And actually, I am doing a cert through music next year, which is what I wanted all along. And it just shows you that God is in control. He has everything planned out for you, and you can trust him. So bring it back to Ephesians 1 verse 4. It says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You know, even before you were born, he chose you, and he has a plan for you. So bring it back to our New Year's revolutions. Let's go forward as chosen people by God. Let's be holy, set apart, different, and go out this year, change from the heart. Let's go out and check. Let's go out this year and change our workplaces, our schools, our homes, our sporting clubs, everywhere we go. Even if we're in the shopping centre, let's just 
change the way and reflect who Jesus is in the way we communicate to the people at the cash register or just helping someone out. Oh, I can't reach that. Yeah, yeah. We need to be reflecting who God is. And let's be moved by the Holy Spirit and led in ways that can change our community and help grow our faith in God. So what I want you to leave with today is that you are chosen, you have a purpose, and you are holy. You're chosen, you have a purpose, and you are holy. You just need to accept it by faith and put into practice living a life set out for the Lord as children of God. So be different in the way you go out of your days this year, 2024. So he has chosen us to be holy, and he has chosen us to live holy. If you got anything out of this message, get out this. You know, he has chosen us to be holy, and he has chosen us to live holy. So why don't we all just stand up right now, and let's um, pray. And feel free to lift your hands out or whatever you want to do. But yeah, Lord, I just pray your um, spirit will be in this room, Lord, your holy presence. Lord, I pray you show everyone in this room who you've called them to be, Lord. And as they go out this year, Lord, to work, to school, etc., Lord, their sporting clubs, Lord, you will show them and guide them about what to do and who you are, Lord, and set them apart from everyone else, Lord. Help us to be different, holy in the way we do things, Lord, the way we interact with people, Lord. And help us to grow in our relationship with you, Lord. And not just be our distant father, Lord. No, we want to come to you as children, Lord. And Lord, we want to come to you because you are our father. And Lord, give us the strength to pursue the journey you have for us. And help us to remember that we are chosen to be holy. We are chosen to live holy for you, God. And for your amazing will that you have for us. So in your name, we pray these things. Amen. Why don't we just give God a round of applause? And um, that's it for me. And now we have Sam Holm. So thank you, Sam. Oh, my goodness. How good was that? Oh, my gosh. Taurus, well done. That's a hard act to follow. Yeah, that's our next generation right there, people. We are in some good hands, I tell you. Well done. Let's give him another round of applause. Woo! Awesome. Well, if I've not had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is Sam. You'll often find me in cafe. I help to run that. I also lead Alpha Team. I run a dinner party with my husband. I'm involved with Multiply. And I'm on the lead team here at Oceans. When I was 13, I moved to Albany. We lived just out of town. We had this big house yard. And house was in the middle and we had lawn all around. And we had fruit trees at either end. And, you know, you get jobs when you're a kid to help out around the house. And my job was to mow the lawn. And, you know, I was so excited about that for two reasons. One, my favourite smell in the whole wide world is the smell of freshly cut grass. Two, we inherited a ride-on lawnmower from the people we bought the property from. Come on. I couldn't wait to ride that thing. So the first time I was on the lawnmower, I was having a ball. I had my headphones on. I was rocking out to Jimmy Barnes, working class man on my Sony Walkman, because I'm that old. (laughs) Anyway, I was having a great time. And then all of a sudden, I realised as I was getting closer to the fruit trees, I didn't know where the break was. But I didn't panic, didn't panic, because in my 13-year-old wisdom, I'm like, that's okay, because I'm just going to nudge the tree and the mower will stop, right? (laughs) Wrong! And we went up 
the tree and as I rolled off, I actually got a huge cut in my leg. I really should have got stitches, but I was so embarrassed. I didn't even tell my parents. <laughs> so, so to this day, I have a huge scar on my leg. You know, most of us carry some sort of scars. Some of them are visible from the outside and some of them we hold on the inside. You know, the ones we don't want anyone to see. The ones that often have shame or guilt or trauma attached to them. You know, we try to hide them because if anyone saw them, what would they think? You know, and in my almost 50 years, I know you wanted to know how old I was. <laughs> in my almost 50 years, I've um, collected quite a few scars over the years. The lawnmower scar, I've got quite a few like that. I was a very adventurous child. Um, but then there's the scars that um, from consequences of my bad decisions and my bad choices. And then there's emotional scars. I was bullied in primary school. I was sexually abused as a child. <laughs> I almost drowned when I was about eight. And I watched my mum lose her battle to cancer. In my life experiences, they've really shaped how I viewed God. But you know, even more important than that is actually shaped the way I thought God viewed me. You know, I always believed that there was a God. We went to church every now and again when I was younger. You've got to be honest, I wasn't a fan. You know, I didn't feel like I was good enough. There were all these rules and regulations. And, you know, I guess I just felt like God was distant and unobtainable. And if I'm honest, I didn't think I deserved his love. You know, over the years, I've pushed my scars, my traumas, my regrets down deep. And I built up this invisible wall that I thought would keep me safe. You know, I looked confident from the outside, but on the inside, I was empty. And I was searching. I just didn't know where to look or what I was searching for. You know, I saw myself as unlovable. I saw myself as unworthy. But you know what? That's not how God sees us. He loves us despite our scars. So I want to share my main scripture with you today. It comes from Romans. And it talks about a God who sees us. A God who loves us. Scars and all. So Romans 8, 38 to 39 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. There's no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this morning, I want to help you to discover, just as I have, that you are loved by God. Because you know what? I used to have a hard time believing any of those verses I just read. I could understand how it would apply to some other people, but not to me. Because I didn't believe that God could possibly love me after all I've done wrong. But you know, I've discovered that our God is a pursuer. You know, I was searching, and I, but I never went running after God. What's with that? But you know what? In my searching, he came running for me. You know, one day I actually found myself at a church service. <laughs> you know, I'd been invited by a friend. I was, it was actually part of an online business that I was trying to start up. And you know what? They tricked me. Because they said, all the leaders are going to be there. And if you want to be a successful leader, you'll be there too. 
So I went. <laughs> they tricked me into going and it changed my life. I don't really remember much of what the pastor said that day, but I do remember the feeling. Now, it was weird because I still had all this resistance in me. I had years of self-protection and self-preservation that I had built up around me. And they played this song, Amazing Grace. And as I listened to those words, I began to let my guard down. And you know what? God moved straight in. And he began to break down those hard walls that I'd put up. And in that moment, I had the most beautiful revelation of how much God loved me. It was emotional. still is. <laughs> it was overwhelming. But it's the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. You know, God, he's so intimate. He's so personal. And he knows exactly what we need just when we need it. And that day, he began to knit all my broken pieces back together. But I knew I had a choice to make because I could continue living life the way that I was living, probably become bitter and twisted. You know, and I'd still have this emptiness inside of me. Or I could give my scars to God and I could allow him to heal me. Clearly, that's what I chose. You know, that day I took a chance on God. I allowed myself to become vulnerable so that God could do something better in me. You know, I wouldn't wish upon anyone some of the things that I have had to endure, but I would hands down live it all again just so that I could experience that moment with God. So the first point I want to make this morning is this. You are loved. God loves you so much. You know, this one truth changed everything for me because Jesus gave me the courage to forgive the people who had scarred me, to forgive the people that had hurt me. But even better than that, he gave me the strength to forgive myself. You know, it was like this heaviness had been lifted. I want to give you an example. You know, when you blow a balloon, you blow it up, blow it up, blow it up, and you let it go, and all the air comes out. That's the freedom that I felt in that moment. The freedom when I realised that those scars no longer had power over me. That they were not my identity. My identity is in his love for me. Because we are loved. It is who we are. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says, He personally carried our sins on his body on the cross. And by his wounds you are healed. That's how much Jesus loves us. He died for us. You know, God's shown me that he is bigger than all my ugliness that I've gone through. And I can now see those scars as victories because with God, I'm an overcomer. Where there was hurt and there was ugliness and there was just yuck, God moved in and he changed it to beauty and to strength and to healing. Isaiah 61.3 says, Those who grieve... He will bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And I just want to go back to Romans 8.38 where Paul says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. And that's my second point. Nothing can separate you. You know, I used to be convinced that the opposite was true, 
because I thought that my scars had separated me from God or at least put distance between us. But here, Paul makes a list of all the things that can make us feel like we're distant from God. You know, when we focus on our struggles, when we focus on our failures or our worries, we focus on the things that make us feel like a failure. That's what can make us feel distant from God, that can make us feel like God doesn't care about us. But Paul tells us, not even the powers of hell can separate us. Nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love. Because God desires to have a relationship with us. And if I'm honest, the separation that I used to feel, I actually brought that on myself. Because I didn't know what God's word said about me. I was relying on my feelings rather than what the word of God said. And just like Adam and Eve, when they hid in the Garden of Eden, that's what I was doing too. I was hiding. You know, I know God loves me. But here's the thing, you know, we can have faith that God loves us from our very first encounter. And that's what I had. But we need to work on that. We need to work on our faith to keep believing it. So we can have defaults, bad habits, if you like, that we can slip back into. You know, one of my defaults, when things get overwhelming or too scary, just too much, it's to run away. It's just to try to escape, to hide because I didn't know early on how to trust God. I didn't know how to rely on him. So my way of coping was actually through substance abuse. My drug of choice was marijuana. It relaxed me momentarily until I found myself relying on it more and more. And I remember one night just crying out to God, Lord, will you please just take this addiction away? And he moved in in that exact moment and he took it away. And I can stand here honestly saying, I haven't touched it since. Thank you, Jesus. So I learned again in that moment that with God, I'm an overcomer. Because God doesn't want anything to separate us from his love. And he fights for us. So I want to finish today with a scripture from Romans 8, 1 to 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So today, I want to encourage you. You are not defined by your scars. You are not your past. You are not your sin. You are defined by God's love for you. He loves you so much. And he wants you to trust him even when you don't feel it. So I want to invite you all to stand with me today as I pray. Because, you know, maybe some of you are struggling to receive God's love for you. Maybe you're feeling more defined by your scars and your past and you don't think you're worthy. Why don't you take a chance on God today? Let your guard down and let this moment for you be what it was for me when I first encountered God. Because he loves you so much. And I want to encourage you by faith to receive God's love today. And if that's you, if you can feel God pursuing you today, can I encourage you not to let this moment pass you by? And maybe you're watching online and I can't see you, but God can. So let's pray. So Lord, I want to thank you that your perfect love casts out all fear. Thank you, Lord, that nothing can separate us from your love.
And I pray that everyone here will believe the truth about who you say they are. And I prophesy, Lord, for a confidence to rise up in people today, for them to trust you to fill them with confidence, to be all that you have created them to be. God, will you help us to receive your love for us? We give you our scars and our pain. We give you our brokenness, our sin and our shame and our regrets and our trauma. Thank you, Lord, for taking these things from us. So today, will you help us to put our faith in Jesus and to follow you all the days of our life? Amen. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.